The following podcast contains adult themes and adult language. Listener discretion advised. And although we joke, if you or someone you know is affected by or a victim of domestic violence, dial 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website, thehotline.org. It's always the husband, it's always the husband, it's always the husband, I don't keep Hey everybody, this is Sarah. And this is Megan. You are listening to It's Always the Husband podcast. Welcome. Welcome. That it's is like right. Captain and Tenille. We're back again. We're together. We're Captain and Tenille. What did they sing? I don't Love, love will keep us together. Is that yeah, what they say? They sing yeah. that. See, and I we're thought back like together. back again was like Backstreet Boys. Oh, and the Backstreet Boys too. Backstreet's yeah. back. Because you know I want to be Nick. All right, Nick with that hair. I do. Of course, it's not what's uh, color me bad I- <laughs> level, but <laughs> no, the Ira our Iras could never. No one can be as beautiful as the Color Mm -mm. Me Bad Boys. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. TT's faves. Yeah. Well, she's a pea hive queen. She is. She loves the pea hive and those eyebrow freaks. Um, You guys, thanks for listening. Yeah. We're finally together again. It's been been a long time. Two weeks of kind of craziness. We had very much craziness again. We had my sick family and my husband's rotting teeth yeah and um does the dentist when he goes in does the dentist say sir i don't service service british people yes Mm. i thought you were from america sir by your teeth sir you seem british i'm sorry to the uk people i'm sorry that was mean and the kentuckys i'm terribly still embarrassed but it's okay oh no he so that's fine he had a root canal but it was like he literally couldn't do anything except oh, it's, take pain meds and lay on the couch. And so I couldn't leave my two children. No, it's the worst pain ever. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. He really was miserable. And he always says, like, I'm strong like bull. But he was a hurting unit. No, it's a yeah. huge piece of crap. Yeah. And couch. then luckily we didn't record because then you got COVID. I did. And then... I recorded with Jamie and I felt... Yeah. I was starting to feel sick, but I thought it was just regular cold or allergies i could tell that your voice was kind of when i listened yes with it still is but. a jealous rage yeah. in my heart like fuck jamie oh, no. well trying to you take can always say spot. fuck jamie it's a total <laughs> asshole <laughs> um anyway we have new patreons and we have your Stop shot it. glasses for our october or september special mm-hmm. They're packed up and they are getting ready to be sent out. Yay! They're so cute. They too. are. Thank Very you. cute. Thank you to Kristen Roberts, yes. uh, our favorite, one of our favorite listeners and uh, also creators, right? Yeah, she we have a lot of very good creators. Yeah. Um, so thank you to her. She created the shot glasses. And yeah, but we have Deborah Watson. Welcome, Deborah. And Sage S, who wrote a very cute note. So I have to write her back. I'm she sorry I haven't did. written back yet. Oh. I wrote it, but it's an adorable little note in Patreon. Um, but thank you. So, and I'll. Sage is a pretty back. name. It is a very pretty name. Sage. 
Um, do you have a glitter in your fucking shitter? Yeah. Do you want to know what it is? Well, I already told you about it. I gave you a little sneak peek. I know what it is. What from last thinking. week. I know what it is. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Okay. Well, it's a show. Oh, found- I was thinking something else. You're... Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. too. Oh, my God. I had two glitters so in my shirter. you can write shitters. that one. Even okay, I'll later. write that one for later. Yeah. Um, My first one was that last week on Sunday when I was sitting on my ass folding laundry, um, I came across a movie and it was like a or it was on Netflix. I don't even know what the fuck it was on Netflix or something. And I saw it was called. Um, Yellowstone Romance. Oh, dear. And it was kind of like a made for t- made for Netflix, made for whatever Hulu movie. But it was it's very akin to a Hallmark. In fact, the main guy was is like in the Hallmark movies. Um, but of course, um, it's one of those where, oh, two city girls go on a bachelor party, bachelorette party, and they rent out a uh, Airbnb on a ranch in Montana. And they why do these city trash think they can go to a ranch and handle it? Well, um, she in this case, she was trying to show her best friend who had just gotten engaged to a rancher that she wasn't going to cut it on the ranch. And so she was hoping that this bachelorette trip would actually show the, her best friend like, Oh no, I can't do this. I'm going to stay in New York with you. Oh, Um, so she signed them up for like this working dude ranch trip. No girl should work. No. As a bachelorette party with horse poop flying no, in your face. No. And they had a gay friend who went along with them. And of course, I took a picture yes. of that. And I was like, look, Sarah, they have a gay friend. And what is the only his like two lines were about how gorgeous the horse's mane were. Yes. It was course. and was like, oh, my God, how did you get that mane on him? And then would like started to use the shampoo and was excited about it. He didn't say, look at the hog on that horse. <laughs> he did not. He did not. Did he say, is this a stallion or a gelding? And but. Or, <laughs> 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 I hope I wish he would have. But the uh, Montana rancher took his shirt off in the outdoor shower. And I was not unhappy about that. Oh, well, so, there's something. Yeah. Um, so that's my... That's my glitter and shitter. Yellowstone oh, romance. Oh, you guys don't let it pass you by. Watch it now. Oh my God. Mine is if you want a little bit of rainbows and sunshine during your winter, if you're in the cold, shitty area like we are. Yeah. Um, I bought these, they're little stickers, kind of like our vinyl stickers. They're called rainbow making sun catcher winter window decal. And it's from Etsy. There's quite a few of them. But this one shop had really cute designs. And her name is it's Variegate Design Shop. V-A-R-I-E-G-A-T-E. Um, and they're little, these little kind of clear, but they have cute little plant designs or leaf designs. Um Monstera designs, whatever. But you put them on your window. And when the sun hits them... The sun goes through the decal and then spreads out this whole rainbow in your room. 
so if really? it's in your living room you get this hmm. you get just like rainbow it's like a pr- the sun hitting a prism and making this rainbow mm-hmm. but it's like not one whole rainbow it's just rainbow colors that are kind of splashed around your room and it's actually really cool um and i just put them on not thinking like it finally got to the point of the year where the sun hits them and so now i'm seeing the rainbows and i thought oh that actually made my day when i saw that but if you go to v-a-r-i-e-g-a-t-e design shop on etsy v-a-r-i-e e gate oh okay Hmm. um she has very cute designs and they got here really quick and they're they're just pretty okay that's cool um mine are always so dumb and cheesy and yours are like creative and just nerdy usually uh do you have a facebook funny (laughs) no i am failing at facebook yeah i I, I, it's like I can't my eyes can't keep up with it yeah it's and my brain is becoming adult I know I I just want to thank people did you did a lovely birthday thing and did, people yeah. did lovely nice birthday messages so thank you so much that was so nice to read I needed the <laughs> I needed the pick me up when that's I, for sure when I started writing about your year well then also dumb bitch I had to tell you that I did it you were like I'm sure you were moping around all day like no one posted anything for my birthday and um, then I had to tell you at yes. the zombie pub crawl I like know. I fucking I didn't posted see it. it and you were like oh I hadn't seen it um, I didn't know. yeah I just when I was thinking back on your year it was actually really sad <laughs> I'm sorry thank you Thank you. <laughs> your year was so pathetic. You should have just dug your own grave and jumped in it to it on your birthday. Remember just, when you buried your yeah, phone? You should I have did. just dug a bigger yeah. hole. <laughs> and just dove right in, you dumb old bitch. <laughs> Suck it, bitch. That's what you wrote. No, I didn't. I just felt Eat bad. dicks, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb, sad whore. Oh, you got so <laughs> You're still alive. <laughs> Did you make it to your birthday? Jesus. I never thought I'd get to say this, I but know. happy birthday. What? <laughs> Good God. Oh. Well, you know, one thing that's made it slightly easier to function um what i've talked about the last few times so the magic mind drink oh i'm going to tell people who have got it or if you still want to get it because they have a special contest in november still it was october and november where you wanted they want you to try it for 14 days right because of its ingredients getting into your bloodstream yes to kind of build up tropics and adaptogens and things like that that i'll get to but if you go to magicmind.co slash 14 days of magic they have the cutest little website that literally lines it up for you exactly what to do um with numbers like really to like here's what you can do here's what you expect the first Mm -hmm. day you try it here's what you might expect the fifth day and by the 14th of what your body's going to go to as you're trying it. But this campaign they have, hashtag 14 days of magic. Okay. Uh, like I said, still one more month. They're 
tagline, you know, to try to have us, it says, be your best self for 14 days and see how much you can accomplish. So this is what I actually have felt myself. And plus, they save the you're saving the rainforest at the same time, which is one of my anxieties it is. that I have. <laughs> one of my many anxieties. And so when, yeah, I saw this, like I had to try it just because your money goes to one of their partners that they partner in a Brazil section of the rainforest in Brazil. Uh, so you want to pick three things to work on also while you're taking your 14 days. And I've been taking it for six weeks now. But one was sleep because I'm a huge insomniac and I don't oh, sleep. Oh, so bad. So yeah. I've been working on sleep and it's actually been way better. And I have my new, I have a Fitbit sense now that also helps me track my sleep. And it's, I was always a turtle, which is like the saddest level of sleep on your Fitbit. And I've gone up to other animals. What are you on now? I don't. I know I haven't even I haven't um, looked the last two nights because I didn't wear them on this weekend. I didn't wear them on the weekend because it buzzes. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I don't know. But I've gone up from turtle, which I never thought would happen. And my second one is I wanted to exercise at least like I put three times a week. And I have I take just nice walks. Oh, I mean, I try like walking because I'm I get home from work and I'm usually like, please. Yeah. Please help me. Please, but just any kind of movement, walking. I can listen to my podcast. You know, cutting the grass. Although Mm -hmm. Jamie's cut the grass the last two times, and I wanted to try meditation, which I did. Which I have. I tend to have some anxiety and fits. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought if I even just take five minutes to sit down and calm down and just breathe. And so I've been doing those three things with taking it. What I noticed there is this. It's fancy. It's bukap. Bukaupa, Bukaupa, Bukaupa. What are you saying? You know, it's an adi- it's a new tropic. Bukaupa, Maniri, Maniri, Maniri. Oh. I can never say it, oh, but it's B A C O P A M O N N I E R I. So I looked because I'd seen that before. Of course, I can't. And Ashwagandha. Uh huh. Yep. Those two are the nootropics, which actually they come like smart drugs and not really uh-huh. drugs, but they're cognitive enhancers. And they uh-huh. actually have you try to pay attention. And it takes away your brain fog. And since coffee spikes your cortisol and I have the, like I said, the cortisol of Paul Bunyan <laughs> going through my body. <laughs> I, those are the two things that I've noticed in it that have helped. But it also has adaptogens that are supposed to help you with your stress, too. So I've actually been way more functioning at work trying to get stuff done but i have an endless list but it's helped so they what you can do for their contest though is you can if you buy it and try it for 14 days if you buy it use husband 14 we actually have a code it's so exciting you get 20 percent off one-time purchase or you get 40 percent off a subscription which is a huge savings on a subscription um it also you know if you especially have a creative job or you need some creative flowing it's going to help with that but once you get it, you want to have your three kind of things. You want to see if those improve just so you can track, record what's going on. But if you make a video or have a picture, you can turn that into cash, not only from the rainforest. So you want to put it on your social media, TikTok, maybe a video of you using it or drinking it or what it what it's helped you with using the hashtag 14 days of magic. And you can win magic mind drinks. You can win some more drinks which is cash in your pocket right and 
They also donate $10 for every 10,000 views on these hashtags to the rainforest, which is great. There's going to be a live event where they do do all this donation on the 30th of November that you can watch Magic Mind on YouTube and their website. And it's just a whole lot of other people just saying, you know, hashtag 14 Days of Magic, how it's helped them if you want to see kind of other people's stories before you try it. But those are, you know, just this little contest if you want to get into it there's their website makes it super easy so they're like a one two three four five where you they walk you through it the second through what you need to do to yes buy it Mm -hmm. create your content they even have a submit button where you can send them your videos send them your stuff to enter their contest for all these for prizes and for money donations to the airport or not airport the the airport oh where are we going brazil Um, uh rainforest um did you i did notice that on our facebook we had some listeners some that fans of the it. podcast yes. that are doing the 14 day challenge right now so i can't wait to hear how so i want going. them yeah go to yeah. the magicmind.co hashtag or slash 14 days of magic and you can submit there's a really any social media that you've done for this contest as well as tag them because they are really good about putting you on their website or their social media too and replaying everything. Um, but just if you want to, I, I mean, I need all the help I can get. Right. My good God. And this does. And it also isn't, you, you, I don't need, I don't even crave coffee. And I don't, I barely drink pop anymore. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to stop doing any of those things. I know. So I'm just but glad that you are. Yes. I, it's, it's awesome. Before we yeah. get into, uh, our week um i mean our story yes of the week i just want to talk a little bit about our weekend because it was your birthday but also we hosted the zombie crawl we did in prior lake in our town in our town and we had some fantastic listeners um come out and join us and it was so much fun and I they were great it was so much fun i even had fun everybody ever have fun i, I know yeah. you were smiling i was um and laughing and i was they were people were hysterical the zombie watching was fantastic uh but meeting our fans was the definitely the oh highlight. it's the best thing ever we got uh hugs and pictures some really drunk cheerleaders and flappers. Yeah. And um, we're so, so thankful that you came out. It's, and we're so thankful. And we'd like to thank uh, the Boathouse Brewery. Yes, they were um, amazing. Which they were so fun and welcoming and lovely. And so that's where the pub or that's where the crawl started out. And then we ended at Charlie's, which is one of our favorite restaurants. And they were so kind and gracious to us as well. Um, and just made us feel like... The, oh my gosh, the we got queens, a, the fucking queens that we are. And I got a free sweatshirt, yes. a free clothes. Yes. Can you imagine how wonderful that was for me? A free clothes. I know you. Oh, I thought you were on cloud nine I when he offered nine. you a, a pair. shirt. I know that I. It's even free, and it was. It's new. Yes, it's new. No one has ever no one worn has it ever before. Worn it. it did not come oh. off of a dead a zombie corpse. No. Um. So thank you. That was so much fun, and so much fun meeting you. And we can't wait to do it again. We are actually no. going to be at Charlie's 
uh, next weekend for the Project Pink Breast Cancer Fundraiser. Yes, that's... But those tickets sold out in yes. 10 minutes. I didn't even realize they went so yeah. fast. I know. Yeah. So unfortunately, if you didn't get in, uh, it's sold out. But those are, it, we love working with Charlie's. And so it's so much fun. So I know. And yeah, just seeing just friends hanging out and being. Yes. Friends yeah. loving each other and yes. hanging out with each other is so TT fun. TT and Nut Bar yeah. were f- also famous just in by being proximity in proximity of course, to us. Those two dicks. So they fucking thought yeah. they were the shit. I know. And I and mean, Amy and yeah. Jamie were there too. Oh yes, Jamie came As and Mongo. From I heard Blazing somebody go, "Oh my god, he's huge!" And then I was like, "That's Sarah's Jamie," and they were like shut up <laughs> um yeah so it was so fun to see everybody i know and one last thing about two friends i just want people to try if you haven't yet um listen to petty crimes and i want you okay. to go to their social media they both have social media so there's kira and griff but they have that brilliant segment that is called criminal or miminal Mim- minimal, minimal. Okay. see how i, I I, I don't speak very well, but yeah, criminal or minimal well, that, is- that I'm so jealous of because it's just it's funny things like, I mean, I don't know, like if you if you farted on someone's dinner, is that bad? I mean, that's obviously bad, yeah, but I mean, like bad. little things like that. And so I want us to send them some great okay. criminal or minimal because yeah. their stories are from listeners which they're very interactive with their uh-huh. listeners they have episodes every tuesday they also have a patreon that has way like they swear too which is good yeah um not as much as us of course because they have dignity hmm. um but they have really spicy patreon episodes that get kind of like a little a little dirty that i know we love you know yeah we, we love, love that yeah um but these We're two friends whores. do it. So I want you to try to find their, it's on, they have all the time, like on their social media, I think their Instagram a lot, send them a, the story or send them a criminal or minimal, a thing you might think like that just bothers you that might not bother anybody else. That's kind of what they look for. And it could be totally weird, but I would love it if we got someone we know got on their show, I would die. Um, so do that. And they're so cute and funny. And like I said, Griff has such a handsome voice. Um, I'm going to put them, I always forget to put them on my automatic download. Yes. Do that. For my podcast. Okay. Um, all right. So we are doing this, this is week, our last, our last one, October. even though it's going to be November, I think when this comes out. Oh yeah. Huge. No. Yeah. It will be. November huge 1st. dicks. Um, on notorious dicks. Notorious. So we did old no, no. Siffy. Old <laughs> Siffs. <laughs> The Sifster, the Sifties, oh. Sifman, Sifilino. We did old syphilis, Al Capone. I loved this week's episode, and I love Al Capone. And I, you are now I'm in love with Al Capone. Be ashamed! I love syphilis. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some symptoms I looked up later of syphilis, and I feel like you do have it. I do. Okay. Yeah. Is what about um, itch? Under itching and the rash boobs? is the second sign. Oh my god! I feel like you what about do have it. Rapidly growing gunt is that also I think a it sign because I have it too. Okay, um, oh, just take but me now. This Lord. show was really, really good. And I had always, as a kid, my dad is a huge. We and 
St. Paul, Minneapolis. St. Paul yeah. has a long history of gangsters yep. in Minnesota and Northern Minnesota. And of course, Jesse James and all those dicks. And, yep. um, so there's a lot of gangster history in St. Paul and in Minnesota. And my yeah, dad there's was like always food, like in caves yes. and yeah, we have all those underground, caves. um, like tunnels between yeah. houses. So as a yeah. kid, as everybody else, there's something about fucking gangsters mm-hmm. that is just fascinating mm-hmm. because it's somebody that just said fuck you to all social norms the law and they're just living doing whatever the fuck they want mm-hmm. of course they're murdering people and causing great distress of course which is terrible but just deciding like bonnie and clyde like fuck it i'm not gonna get a job i'm just gonna go rob banks and be fucking dicks and then i mean their lives are very short they did have um a but it's just lifespan. like wow yeah. you know because most normal normal people aren't going to do that and so just someone that just goes so out of the boundaries and just lives yeah it's something like it's fascinating it is yeah. refreshing good for you you know you want to say good for you i did want to the say man. good for you a lot to al Capone. Uh, so this show was called natural born outlaws it's season one episode eight but you're going to want to watch like every single one if you don't have discovery plus i'm not shitting you i would pay for discovery plus just for this show it's really good or you can I, pay for it on youtube yeah i saw but, you could buy it per episode yeah. on youtube yeah no, it was so good. I was like screaming it's kind really of well yeah. done because I was waiting. I mean, there are some things you can make fun of, but I was like, this is fun to watch. It yeah, was. I it's, loved it. It's just fascinating. Yep. All these fucking gangsters. Yep. have. So we are going to use the year 1929 because Al Capone did something really bad in 1929. He, this is his dickheadedness this is what got him noticed around the world the top so, of his game um but what's going on in 1929 um october 29th my birthday 1929 was that shitty wall street crash mm. where everyone decided oh i just lost everything i have i'm gonna jump out of this building window mm-hmm. um and i read that jfk's dad joe kennedy he said he got a a hint or a or an insight from a shoe shine, and so he pulled all of his money out of the stocks right before the crash. Well, hmm. now so he lucked out a little bit. There. Martha Stewart can be put in prison yes. for that, but the Kennedys can still no. become. They can presidents. drive a lady into a lake. They and, can kill people yeah, on bridges. Yeah. And shit don't happen to them. Screw whoever they want. Yeah. Porkin parties, I believe they had. Um, Porkin parties. Anyway, so October 29th, we had this crash. But before then, the 20s sound like they fucking rocked. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for, like, you know, terrible dentistry and horrible disease and dying pretty much from a cold, it was the greatest time ever. It's a lot of dust. Yeah, I feel like. But that was 30s, too. The dust bowls, wasn't it? Those are the 30s. The 20s are fucking great, except, you know, the beginning was World War One and stuff. was That wasn't bad. good. But either. the middle 20s, they were pretty good. There was also a horrible um, pandemic of encephalitis, lethargica. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but besides that, the 20s were awesome. It was awesome. great besides yeah. all of that and stuff. Yep. Um, movies, you know, you know these kicking movies by heart. Obvious. Coconuts. <laughs> Coconuts rock the box office. <laughs> Pandora's box, I don't know, and oh. Hallelujah, I don't know. But there was a movie called Blackmail, directed by one of the biggest assholes on the planet, 
Quentin Tarantino. No, close. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, again, brilliant. I love his movies a lot. But he was a massive asshole. Anyway, did you know that in this movie, Blackmail, in 1929, Alfred Hitchcock was the first to have the that's what she said joke? No. Yes. God, he was filthy. But he started it. And all middle school teachers around the world, thank you. Thank you, Alfred. For that joke, because we don't hear it ever. Never. Um, Who were the famous stars? Al Jolson, that asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, Greta Garbo, (laughs) who would constantly get arrested for wearing pants. Jesus Christ, men are the worst. Arresting women for wearing fucking pants because you're being indecent. Yeah. I have pants on from my tits to the floor. Mm -hmm. They're huge, but it's still indecent, you dicks. She was constantly harassed for wearing pants. Oh, Clara Bow, who had like, I just remember her little Cupid's lip mouth and her little eyebrows. Myrna Loy, Joan Mm -hmm. Crawford. Josephine Baker was badass. Cool, yeah. Thelma Todd. So all these were pretty. George Burns was kicking it then with oh his wife, God, Gracie yeah, Allen. He was. Yeah, he I forgot um, about him. If in 1929, on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, they would actually release those giant fucking balloons into the air and they would just fart, blow out all over fucking creation and wherever they landed... There was a return address and you could write the return address and get money or get a prize. Stop it. Of course, it would probably land in some ocean and suffocate somebody or suffocate you in your car or something. I don't know. Books of were farewell to arms. I think I did read that, but Hemingway. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front, Sound and the Fury, Red Harvest, mm-hmm. some ones you probably read in mm-hmm. high school. Uh, fashion had the drop waist, but the knee length dresses that were very, you know, we mm-hmm. could see your knee. So you're a Woo! goddamn whore, yeah. um, with short hair on the ladies with the little finger waves. Yeah. Um, the Supreme court passed eight to one in favor of eugenics where it's forced oh. sterilization of dipshits. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. Um, so if you were a dipshit, you had to you were forcefully sterilized and you couldn't reproduce i kind of am for it sarah Mm. ann nelson i kind of see where their point stop it right now i mean if you see a grown man sticking his finger in a light socket don't you want to do something like absolutely not sir no Mm. all right (laughs) probably not oh good my god. oh my oh. god um can i tell you about the music don't you want to hear baby names oh shit yes. yep okay margaret betty dorothy helen for women babies girls and james john william charles for boys those really are been the top 10 forever or the top four yeah, forever. Boy, poor boys. Yeah, names. they have no. Uh, males lived to be about fifty-five. That mm-hmm. was life expectancy, and females fifty-eight. Mm. Uh, Seven Up was created, but it had actual lithium in it. Did it Until make people feel happy? Maybe 1950. That's why it was Seven yes. Up. Cause yeah, because like, you an, had lithium in it. You yeah. were happy for a while. Uh, New Times Roman font was created. Oh my God. It's and every, we use it everywhere. MLA. Every day. Yep. Um, 
writing. Yeah, what do you call them? Research writers. The Vatican City favorite. was founded. I mean, it was always there, right? It just wah, wasn't a city wah. or something. Yeah, I don't know. Dumb. Um, and women were not legally considered persons in Canada until 1929. See what I mean? If we didn't have these dumb men making these laws. Well, well you can so. sterilize all the fucking dumbass men you want. Oh um, I am a little proud that America at least gave women the right to vote before 1920. Yes. But it they was had close. to honk your tits before you wrote your vote down. You your did. tits had to be yeah. honked you had to by let. a man. You, you had to be sexually yes. harassed you had to be on sexually your way sexually harassed in. on your way to the voting booth. Yeah. That was the caveat. Was, yeah. Well, hmm. Okay. Um. Yes. Now, what are, can I what tell are we you dancing about, Okay. To? So, Al Jolson, who you mentioned before, he just hit the charts with every lame ass song that ever. I know that did. Um. So his songs were like "I'm in Seventh Heaven" and "Liza." All the clouds roll away. Um. Whatever. Oh, little pal was the number 14 was that, song. Was that about his dick? Probably, mm. yes. That was the first ode to a micro penis. Yes, I think it that was. That was ever really popular. People finally started talking about it. Uh, and then some other ones, well, songs that you would know, actually, the number one song was called Makin' Whoopi oh, by Eddie were Cantor. Oh, totally foul. Just fucking pervs. Absolutely and then perverted. some other, obviously, uh, Louis Armstrong had When You're Smiling, oh. When You're Smiling. And Nick Lucas hit the charts with Tiptoe Through the Tulips with me. I kind of know, I know what that song is. Somehow. That's from that weird high singing band. What's his name? Yeah. I can't. Uh, do, do, do. Yeah. What is that? God, people are yelling at us again. I know. And he died. He died and he played, he had that high ass voice. He played that dumbass thing. Damn he was always it. on Johnny Carson. Yeah. He oh, was weird, we right? He was weirder than shit. Uh, yeah. And then also, Tiny Tim? No. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. I, I know, think so. Like yeah. Duke Ellington and Guy Lombardo were also hitting the charts. Well, good for them. Um, All right. Ain't so- Misbehaving. Oh, that's a good one. Remember that song? I learned it on the piano. That was number like, good for three. Yeah, them. good for all of those men, but not one woman. No, on the charts. Ugh, well, oh look, Bessie Smith. She was number twenty three. No, that's it. badass. Got hmm. on it, man. All right, man, man, man. Hmm. We can all celebrate January twenty fifth when it comes up because Al Capone would have been dead for seventy six years by then. Mm. God, time just. Time flies it when does. you're when you're not got syphilis. Having syphilis, yeah. Uh, so natural born outlaws Al Capone episode. This show is great. It has mm-hmm. very well done reenact. Well, I would give it a, a seven, eight well done reenactments because it's a lot of just one scene. Like well, they set up a great scene and then they have a character in clothing, so it's not like full. The, the reenactments are cartoon, like yeah. car- cos- they do like comic cartoon reenactments, so which are kind cool. of like a Dick Tracy yes. look of a cartoon that will come up and kind of show what happened. And then all of the actors, the reenactors, they don't actually uh, interact with each other. They always break the fourth wall yeah, and they're like talking to the camera like, yeah, I'm Scarface. Yes. What's it to yeah. you? Yeah, that's kind of. So it's not like a reenactment act, right? But they're still in character, yes, in, in clothing. Yeah, 
And then we have real people who have written books yes. that uh, are reporters that or historians telling yeah. the story too. That were really good. Yep. Uh, so the reenactment Al Capone, he starts, he's there. His suits were a bit ill-fitting, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, he's shaving in the mirror mm-hmm. and he announces, they call me Scarface. And I, I guess I didn't know that or didn't remember because I always think Scarface, then Al Pacino's Scarface and Cocaine and Michelle Pfeiffer. But he was actually original Scarface. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, are you a fucking moron? You didn't remember that? No. Oh, my God. You should be sterilized. I know. Sarah I am, but Renee. I already oh, am right. sterilized, so I can Me be as too. dumb as I want. Okay, okay. Um, I tell reporters that he got, he says, I tell reporters I got it in the Great War, or a barber did it, but he says, I'll tell you what happens. And here's where we have the cartoon reenactment, so mm-hmm. cartoony, comic book kind of style reenactment. Al Capone says at 18... He worked at the Coney Island Dance Hall. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Coney Island. Me Have either. you? Mm-mm. Now, learning later in my outside research, when he was 18 and he was a bouncer at this dance hall, he was porking ladies of the evening. Of course he was. Quite often. And they believe that is when he got the old sif. So for that whole, he had it his whole life. Yes. Yeah, so he wow. said... Well, in this article I read, well, I'll tell you um, that he was too, way too embarrassed to go to the doctor, that he got syphilis from a sex worker. Um, so he never went he, in the, until it was too late. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about more how it progressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so he was complimenting in his words, which probably meant sexually harassing Frank right. Galeucci's or Galeucci, which whatever, Frank. Somebody. Galeucci's sister. And Frank pulls out a knife and he says since frank was drunk he was aiming for my neck but he missed and he cut his cheek and he had to have 30 stitches so he had a big scar Mm -hmm. along the side of his cheek and that's how he got his scar but we see then present day al shaving and he says now i'm worth over a hundred million in the 1920s a hundred million had to be just countless amounts of money yeah. He says, I got half of Chicago working for me. I got limos, ladies, French silk pajamas. He was really into silk pajamas. He loved yes. them. And I don't think I've ever had silk pajamas. Real silk pajamas. I don't think I've ever had know. silk anything. And they call me Scarface, but never to my face. Yeah. We see a real interview of a quite nerdy silver fox. Yeah. Or silver coyote. <laughs> And his name is John Binder. I liked him. He was good. Yeah. He wrote the book, The Chicago Outfit. So he's telling us by mid to late 1920s, Al Capone, and it was really almost late 20s, actually, I would think, was internationally famous. His name was in all sorts of international newspapers for the fuckery he was doing in Chicago. And Chicago was on the newspapers for all of this gangland violence that's happening. It was just... To overseas, they were like, what the hell is going on um, over there? And they were eating it up. He was super famous. They wanted to get everything they could about him. He was one of the most famous names in the world. Uh, we see a woman named Chris Lyon, and she wrote A Killing in Capone's Playground. Mm. She said that Al Capone had many facets to mm-hmm. his personality, which we're learning is that's what you need to be a mob 
ruler. And I don't have any of these in my personality. So I would not be very good. But she said, first, you have to be a businessman. No, Rich, I, I couldn't do it. No, sorry, that no. checkbox is going to stay open no. for me. So he was a really good businessman. He had how many businesses, but he also had all of Chicago working for a him. A thousand. To do it. And they were all illegal. But of course. He ran them well. He ran them all. Because he was rich. Um, He was a family man. He actually did really love his family. Uh, hmm. He was a philanthropist. He did do very nice things for people of the city. I think most of it was for show, but he actually did provide for a lot of people, especially when the stock market crashed, he opened up a bunch of soup kitchens and things and fed a lot of people. But she said underneath it all, he is a criminal. He's a gangster. He broke the law to get ahead and he had no qualms about breaking the law or taking someone out who was going to take him down. His conscience didn't even flinch. It Mm -hmm. was, that's what you had to do. That Mm -hmm. was part of the job. He did not care. And during this time in the 20s, he is probably the most powerful man in the United States, where it took the president, Herbert Hoover, to bitch and whine We'd enough like to, thank you, Herbert yeah, to get a task force to try to take him down. And I don't know, a president to single out one man like that and create that's That's that amazing. And that made me love him. Except he was unfortunately very hideously ugly. I mean, he looked kind of like what Jamie and I did the uh, son of Sam. He also looked, I mean, besides the scar in his face, which is nothing. Something was awry. And also he looked like he was 1,000 years old. When he was 20. Everybody back then looked I a mean, thousand when they were 20. I couldn't believe it. Okay. Um, like the golden, like we're as old as, we're older than like whatever Sophia. Yeah. But the real actress or whatever now. Um, I think Blanche is only 49 or something like that when she started. Oh my God. Golden Girls. Um, How old did you just turn? 48. You did? Yeah. Okay. Binder now, the Silver Coyote, says you have to have two major skill sets to be on top of the mob. So I was looking because I thought maybe I can do this job, be a mob boss. Yes. Mm-hmm. First of all, warlike qualities. Mm-hmm. I I kind of think it, but I can't really. I don't. I think warlike qualities. I just can't. Produce you have warlike qualities from my of mouth. The mouth. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I'm not able to really follow through. Well, just there's you don't have the brawn behind I am none of it, but you can fucking slay people with words. Yes, yeah. Uh, they show real photo of a shootout. There's a guy dead between two yeah, like twenties cars. Mm-hmm. And this fucking dead guy is wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. He is dressed to the nines they to get shot. All in the wore dick. suits, and I, loved I know yeah. they all. You had to be dressed up, mm-hmm. fucking like you're going to whatever just to go out to the mm-hmm. general store mm-hmm. and now people just wear their dicks hanging out and walk to target look at us well look i'm look like a wearing. homeless well a home houseless we have matching pants on yes, again we our do. amazon pants that I know, we got for love 15 dollars so yeah um and actually i saw on twitter they were showing just like old time radio sound effects, you know, when they would do the old timey yeah. radio shows and they yep. had the guys in the background doing the sound effects. All these fuckers were wearing huge suits yes. and they're running around and making all the sound effects and sweating balls. Yes. Like everyone just, there was a dignity. You went outside looking nice and you were proper outside. Don't you and remember I, when Danny Warwick's and Annie yeah. went to the radio station, they put on her best yes. red dress. I know. I don't know if I. They weren't even going to be seen, but yeah. you just. Do I did like it. that or do I not? 
I mean, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah, we like it for them. But I feel like, gosh, it would be so nice if people just were, you know, you knew you had to go outside and be respectful. But then that's fake because I'm a dumb whore. Mm-hmm. And people would know that I'm just putting on whore clothes to cover up the whore. Yeah. And that, so I don't know. Hmm. But I would like some people just to sometimes just not have your ass or your butthole showing. I- <laughs> <laughs> just that's it. Not, don't do that. Um, weird suspenders, <laughs> sir. That would be nice. You're right. Uh, and so warlike <laughs> qualities was one you have to successfully lead and fight a constant fucking gangland war that's going on mm-hmm. every single minute of the goddamn day and you have to try to outsmart all of your opponents constantly and be on the lookout for getting shot in the dick yeah. by any opponent at any times um the second quality was again the business leadership skills and boy i just don't have those at all um just even the math alone, we don't need to do I that. I think you could do the math. I just couldn't. God, I just, gosh, it would be hard. The The thing that I, I think, like what you just said, was like always have to having to be on guard so that you didn't get murdered would be enough to just, I'm, I'd pass, hard pass. Yeah, always. Like, and your family. Yeah, like, I mean, millions of dollars, every outfit you ever wanted, mansion, swimming pool is great. But if you're fucking floating in your pool yes. and someone comes and drops a bomb on you, who the fuck cares? Like, it's not worth it. And I think it was just a different mentality. I mean, they yeah. lived to be 50, maybe just yeah. thought, maybe they're like, I'm here for such a wall. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go balls to the wall. I know I'm not going to last long, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go balls to the wall while I'm here. Maybe. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about this too, but the whole reason why mobs came to power it was because fucking people passed laws that said you couldn't drink yes that's where we're that's right where we're at oh my god well what i know a fucking storyteller i am it is exactly errol oh. capone reenactor so he's talking over another cartoon reenactment but he says i built an empire and they called it the outfit so his whole mob yeah thing was called the yeah outfit which was a well-oiled machine for the production of illegal booze. And I, that's when I wrote, could all of this just have been prevented if they never did the Prohibition Act? Could all of this have just never happened? It wouldn't have. People would just gotten their booze and not had all this gangland war. Yeah. And, I mean, I get the point, too, what they're trying to I mean, because how many alcoholic friends do we have? A million. A uh, million. How many yeah. alcoholic deaths have we known personally this year a million mm-hmm. i mean and it's very sad so i see yeah. their point but like homer simpson said here's to alcohol the cause of and the solution to <laughs> all of life's problems and it's true it is so true. you need to drink and if you take yeah. it away you'll have people can drink and drink and drink especially you went to goddamn world war one you should be able to be a goddamn adult and have a drink in your house right Oh, especially when everyone else all over the world is boozing it, right? Exactly. Not to, fair yeah. that they're fucking bumping mugs in yes, Germany at Oktoberfest. And drinking fine wine. You're stuck I here know. drinking bathtub gin. Yeah. Fuck that. It's Hannigan. Yeah. Uh, Al reenactor, again, I wrote ill-fitting brown suit this time. Uh, he says, the feds won't leave me alone. They won't let me run my operation in peace. And he... I think 
I mean, he knows he's breaking the law, obviously. But I think he also is like, this is a fucking dumb law. And people want to drink. Right. And I'm going to provide drinks for them. But I'm making money at the same time. Right. But it's only elk. I think he's like, it's just booze. Yeah. You know, but it then... It, now it becomes, I have, you know, he had a certain part of Chicago he was in control of, and people are trying to come in and take that part. And so it's more for territory, I think. You know, these fucking gangsters were fighting all the then time. Then they got, yeah. And power. And then um, that yeah. violence was obviously made other people who were just fine with, like, fine, great, bring me my booze, because I, yeah. I want my booze. But, like, they weren't so great about, like, other people getting shot right. on the streets. Yes. Right. Right. And having they could a gross dead body yeah. when they're trying to eat on the sidewalk. They could the support gangsters yes. to a point because yeah. no, none of them wanted to quit drinking either. Right. No, but, I want my booze yeah. and they're going to do it. And if they're, yeah. you know, they were kind of like, if they're shooting each other up, I don't fucking care. Right. But when it starts spilling into right. their daily lives, right. they start saying, all right, this is enough. Yeah. Uh, so now we're meet good old Elliot Ness. Yes. Good old buzzkill. Yep. Elliot Ness, nerd. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Wild Wild yeah. West. Do you remember that song? Yes, I do. <laughs> Excuse me. So, if you haven't seen the Untouchables California. from 1980s, or I think it was with Kevin Costner, Woo! Um, the Untouchables was an amazing, amazing movie. Uh, so, did I see it before? I don't know. You have to. It's incredible. It has Sean Connery in it, uh, and Al Capone is uh, what's his name. Robert De Niro when he was young. Um, I think I saw it in Robert De Niro a high school history class. I know they played it to us on TV. They had to wheel the big TV on a cart with the VCR. Really? You got yeah. to watch it in school? Yes. It's rated R too, but they didn't give two shits then. Oh my God. Uh, so Elliot Ness, he is a prohibition agent. So kind yeah. of before the FBI or DEA, mm-hmm. he was an agent of prohibition and it was his job to be a buzzkill and a boner killer all yeah. over the United States. So he would go and t- uh, tear up and st- take and destroy illegally manufactured booze and booze was illegal to sell and drink anyway. We see him sitting at a big desk, you know, and he's at his desk, mm-hmm. like in his office talking to us Elliot Ness the reenactor and then we meet Jeffrey Gusfield uh who looks very New York and he wrote the Deadly Valentine's book and he talks about Edley or Elliot Ness he was this young guy he was very very smart but he was very and he was very very moral he had a he was mm-hmm. honest he was forthright and they said they would call him a boy scout meaning like a yeah. again a boner killer and, the, and that was 20s lingo for boner killer, probably. Yeah. And they show a real photo of him, and he looks like Alfalfa, you know, with a little our gang, but um, a grown-up Alfalfa, I thought. But kind of had like, cute little frecklies and stuff. But how, yeah, like, but then when you have Kevin Costner playing him... They don't look that, alike at all. That is... That plays with my emotions yeah. in my mind about Elliot Ness, then. I know. Because I love... Him. I know. Okay. Um... So Elliot's job was to break up the stills, uh-huh. to raid the bars, mm-hmm. to knock the drinks out of everyone ha- everyone's hand and yell, whore, <laughs> shame, stop it, yep. drunkard, stop drinking. Yep, yeah. That was his job. Uh, so Chicago in the 1920s was already a wild hell town. Everyone had to hate him. 
Well, yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to just have a goddamn drink. Sorry, I worked 18 hours in a factory, and I just want to have a drink, asshole. Sorry, Elliot. But I mean, someone he, they were huge gangs killing people yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I know someone yeah. had to do it. Yeah. Uh, Chicago had always been a place where the police were kind of like, "Eh, I'm not going to work today real hard." Um, people could get away with a whole lot of shit. So con artists, grifters, criminals just poured into Chicago because they knew they could probably get away with stuff because the law really wasn't working too hard. Mm-hmm. There was tons of speakeasies. Illegal booze was all over the place. Uh, when prohibition began, the government, actually, the top government, they sort of really believed that people would just be like, oh, what's the law to not drink? And they would just give up alcohol and it would right. all be fine. And everybody would be well behaved and everybody would, you know, not fart at church and, and be good. <laughs> and then, of course, immediately people went and started drinking sewer water mm-hmm. to see if they could get drunk on that and you know, we're desperate for booze. Yeah. So during the 15 years of prohibition, there were 500 prohibition related killings, murders in just Chicago Mm -hmm. alone that could have been prevented if you just let people have their booze. Right. I mean, the the cars only went like 30 miles an hour. You can't get hurt too bad run over by a drunk driver. I know. Although, what's her name? Daisy ran over that girl in The Great Gatsby. Yeah, in The Great Gatsby. So she, I mean, she... She took her down. Yeah. So, I mean, you had to be careful, too. During this time, cars were getting faster, they said. So I guess that was, you know, Daisy did drive fast in that car. Think ran over that Don whore. Draper in the 50s yeah. just fucking crashing cars left and hammered right all the time while he's hammered and screwing someone at the wheel he survived. everybody was hammered yeah. drink for yeah. years driving yeah. hammered and throwing their beer cans out the window yeah and just beer cans all over mm-hmm. and bottles and booze bottles out the windows are driving they, see these prohibitionists thought yeah. they were just taking care of litter at the same time yeah they were but yeah. They, they didn't know Tommy guns were being bought, so the big ass machine guns were new. Yes. Uh, and regular society was like, eh, I don't know if I'm all into like these people having machine mm-hmm. guns in their cars and shooting into the stores that I'm going to to buy my mm-hmm. goddamn kids some school shoes. Right. The start of prohibition is actually what started this organized crime era of these big gangs of organized crime. Yeah. I'm sure there were so many, there are many others. Um, other reasons too, because there was still illegal gambling and drugs and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But prohibition, really, people wanted their booze, and so that was a big money maker. And organized crime started, and law enforcement had to find a way to fight it. And mm-hmm. it was this new phenomenon. Like, oh my gosh, we have these these criminals who are fighting back against us with stuff we don't even have as police officers, as they still do. Uh, Chicago had eight different gangs working around different sections of the city. The south part was where Al Capone was, but it started as Johnny Torrio's mm-hmm. mob area. And Al Capone got his start under Johnny Torrio's wing mm-hmm. as kind of a nobody and worked up. Al Capone was born in 1899 from a Gabriel and Teresa Capone from Naples. Look that up. And he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. 
and it was a member of a really big immigrant family. And he loved, he was very, very close to his family, even until he died. It was very close to his family. It was a strong Italian American family and their neighborhood was very tight. So in the early 1900s, uh, they had a really hard time just breaking into like regular normal suburb life as all of them did, you know, coming Mm -hmm. in. And so they just made like their own little enclaves, you know, like little Italy and all that. Well, you stick with who you feel comfortable with and people who speak the same language and yeah. And there started being sometimes some criminal things in there. So Al kind of got it started that way. I found out he got kicked out of school at 14 for punching his teacher in the face. Mm. That was naughty. So he got expelled and he took to the streets and he was a low ranking thug. Mm hmm. And I feel like that should be my next job. Your next low job, ranking low thug. ranking thug. I just I feel, would love to yeah. get you like a desk plaque yeah. that says low that. ranking low thug. ranking thug. Because I don't really have high ambitions to be a high end no, thug. No, maybe your next birthday. Yeah, I need that. Okay. Uh, so Torio recruits Al. He sees him as this firebrand, and he makes him go to the. He, he makes him the bouncer of that one. Uh, Coney Island thing yeah. where he got the yep. SIF yep. and he's working uh, for him uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they show a picture of Torio and I wrote, why is he wearing Paul Bunyan's turtleneck? Did you see he had that, his turtleneck was like up to his nose. I didn't understand why Did he's he wearing Did he just such... have that quick so he could cover? I don't know. Um, just like cover his face? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. And do a bad yeah, maybe. deal or something? Okay. Uh he had carved out the biggest bootlegging business in all of Chicago. So he was an enormous mob leader and he had the South area here. Um, a new Chicago mayor came in and threatened his op- operva- uh, operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Torrio and Capone said, fuck him. We're going to go outside of Chicago proper. And they moved the entire outfit to Cicero. It's a little suburb that's about 20 minutes south of downtown Chicago. And Cicero became the new like mini Las Vegas or the original <laughs> mini Las Vegas because Las Vegas wasn't around. But it was this den of speakeasies, nightclubs, gambling dens, brothels. Everything that is at Las Vegas, just in the decorate, I mean, dressed up losers like yeah. Darth Vader taking pictures with you were even I, there. Yeah. It just seemed like a great place to live. Oh, the fun. Yeah. Fun. Yes. So fun. So yep. Cicero was an entire town that was this mob town. And you knew if you wanted to drink, you were going to go here. Johnny Torrio decides to retire. Do you retire as a mob? I guess you retire as a mob leader. And Al Capone was just the most powerful guy standing in that organization. Mm-hmm. And he gave it all to Al. Mm-hmm. Al suddenly became public enemy number one. Awesome. Yes. And he was really loving being this celebrity gangster. Yeah. And he ate it up. He was getting a cut out of every single keg of whiskey that was coming into yeah. the city. So he was just making money right, Bad shoving it up his ass. asshole. Yeah. And he's running all these illegal businesses. And just making shit tons of cash. In 1926, someone thought, hmm, maybe we should try to crack down on all this illegal activity. And a man named Billy McSwiggin, he was this young, tough prosecutor that was actually arresting gangsters and prosecuting them to the point where they were 
going to jail and did they have death penalty whatever he said he was like the hanging judge because they he got them i don't know if they had death penalty but they went to jail he was yeah convicting these gangsters and al was getting a little nervous so one night people were leaving they were rival gangsters as Mm -hmm. well it might have been in the north side of chicago and several god damn it sorry that was randy again (laughs) he just steps right on the computer all the time sorry you know how this random swearing it's always randy yeah we i love it oh um these men are walking out of god knows what i'm sure there were ladies of the evening in this Mm -hmm. place and these cars go by with the tommy guns sticking out and they just mow shoot the shit out of this whole group of men like six or seven men shoot the shit out of them on the sidewalk one of the men three live and three or four die and one of the men that dies was billy mcswiggin the prosecutor so they figured it had to be a hit on him because he's taking out all these criminals and everyone assumes it's al capone's gang for Mm -hmm. weeks and weeks the newspapers even all over the world were who killed mcswiggin and why (laughs) well you know why yeah so shut up there was a witness, I'm sure there was many witnesses, that said they saw Al Capone in the car, but at least they saw all of his men, his known associates. Mm-hmm. They said, fuck, no, I'm not going to testify, though. I'm not stupid. I'm not sterilized. <laughs> I'm not testifying against Al Capone. Everyone knows he did it. Why do you need me to say so? But nothing happened then. They, they just had no proof because no one was going to testify against him. And... They couldn't do anything, but the public was getting more nervous because now random innocent people were being gunned down with known gangsters Mm -hmm. and it was getting a little scary. I mean, as long as bootleggers were killing bootleggers, they were fine. But once, like I said, it starts spilling out into their, their lives, it was getting a little bit too much. They broke the gangland etiquette. This guy said, you know, killing a state DA. They went too far. The public wanted justice, which in Chicago, they were like, what's that? We don't know. Um, So police had to actually start working and they start shutting down Al Capone's businesses one by one. They actually raid his headquarters, which was the Hawthorne Smoke Shop, which actually was a gambling den. Mm -hmm. Police grab boxes and boxes and boxes of records and ledgers and papers and store it at the police station in just some room and keep it there till further notice. Remember those records. Police then try to find Al Capone to interview him. I mean, are you nuts? Are you think he's just like, you're going to go grab Al Capone and take him in to interview him, the most powerful gangster in the world. But they tried uh well good for them i mean i guess they had to do their job you got to talk to them yeah. i suppose this is the first time that al capone's name is starting to appear in newspapers all around the nation and then getting into other countries so america is just starting to hear about this guy who is doing all these dirty deeds in chicago and he's labeled america's top gangster and al capone is only 27 yes. at the time and he looks but 62. again looks yeah yep uh he starts An feeling old yeah. 62 he does yeah it's just yep. life was hard yeah it really was feeling the heat and the hairstyles just did no one any favors 
They really didn't. Yeah. And his poor hair was like. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of fucked. And it, yeah. His male pattern baldness yeah. hit hard. Well, I think syphilis too would get oh. weird welts all over Again, face too. Again, I can't yeah. wait to find yeah. out what symptoms I have. Al's realizing that, holy shit, you know, I kind of overstepped there. I did a real, you know, taking out this da he leaves town for about three months and just disappears and takes off but then he's like fuck it and he comes back and he actually goes to the courthouse steps has a whole press conference with reporters and newspaper people and cops and he loved it yeah i'm gonna give a press conference ask me anything and so they do they start asking him questions of course Mm -hmm. he's just lying and he says he didn't kill mcswiggin he says why would i he was working for me and people are like god he he might have been you know Mm -hmm. like why would he but i i mean it pretty much is assumed he did do it uh al capone announces then that he's not ashamed of being a criminal he's doing a service for all these people by he's giving them booze and that's what the people want yeah the people love me and he's also just showing right then how powerful he is here is a gangster that's wanted for murder and he's having a press conference with the police and they're not arresting him or taking him in they're raising their hand and asking him questions yes and he's just like no like, one no one was gonna kill touch anybody me. yeah he just had all that power i do good things for the community yeah yeah September 1926, and Cicero, Al Capone's having his lunch at his favorite lunch place called the Hawthorne Inn. And this is a reenactment in a cartoon. And he's the only one in there except his bodyguard. So I wonder if he used to just clear it out like at lunchtime and say, get the fuck out. That's what they always show in the movies yeah. happens. And he's there by himself. Maybe yeah. so we can talk about shit and no one's listening. I don't know. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of these cars pull up and surround the place. And they're in front of the big windows in front of the lunch, the restaurant. Um, guys come out, tons of them with these machine guns, and they start shooting the shit into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's George Bugs Moran, and he's the leader of the Northside Gang. That's Al Bugsy, right? No, Bugsy was. Oh, this is. Oh, that's in Bugsy LA. Siegel. Yeah, and he was in and LA. And this is Bugs Moran. Yeah. Which one did. Bugs was first. But which one did Las Vegas? Bugsy. Bugsy yes. Siegel? Okay shooting into the restaurant al capone's there his bodyguard throws him to the ground and they both i think survive so you have several men shooting Mm -hmm. at you with machine guns and not Mm -hmm. one of them could hit two men no well i mean come on they were very poor shots they were yeah uh and Al is again saying, what, what's wrong with what I'm doing? People want to gamble. They want to drink. And I'm providing it for them. What's so wrong with that? I was like, well, yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he's becoming more and more of a celebrity. He would ride around Chicago in a huge bulletproof Cadillac limousine. And like kids would see it and be like, there's Al Capone and yes. point him out. And it was like a big deal if he drove by your house throwing his beer bottles out the window yeah, like, probably i got one of al capone's yeah. kegs he threw out one of his syphilis rags and i grabbed it <laughs> i hope i get yes. it <laughs> <laughs> he mooned us did you see his butthole <laughs> we get a few years go by february 14th comes up and his most dastardly bastardly crime happens 
So Valentine's Day, there's this garage in Chicago and a car pulls up and two supposed cops, people wearing a police uniform, walk in. And so the neighborhood people that are up, it's early in the morning looking, just assume it's two cops going into who knows God, well, whatever. These two guys dressed as police are get into the garage. The seven men that are in there just kind of look at them like, yeah. While they're looking at the police in the front from the backside alley, two men come in and they have enormous machine guns and they pointed at all the men in there. They tell the men, the seven men to line up against the wall of the garage. Mm -hmm. Some of these men were from the North side. They were bugs Moran's gang, but some were just totally innocent civilians, either just working there or like just fucking drop their car off or Sophia Petrillo, who remember had a flashback. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, They line them all up against the wall and just shot all of them down. Uh, The two cops then escort the shooters out. The shooters drop their guns and raise their hands. And it looks to the people watching that the cops have arrested the two shooters. They all get into the original cop car that's just idling outside the garage and they take off. When the real cops finally get on the scene, one victim is still alive and they say, what the hell happened? And he just says the cops did it. And then there was actually a story I read with one of the guys shot. I don't know if it was the same guy or another guy was still alive, but he was shot eight times. And they said, who shot you? And he said, I wasn't ever shot. You know, he just didn't want to narc. Or, right. I right. mean, even though it was obviously his rival gang, but he's like, I, nobody shot me. And he's right. Like, Sir, you're shot eight times yeah. all in the butthole. You're dying. You're dying. Yeah. But, You've been shot eight times directly in your butthole. Yeah. And it's over now. You can um, tell us who it is. And they still weren't. <laughs> He still was like, fuck off. It's over now. Yeah. Your colon. Yeah, your colon is destroyed. <laughs> colon blow is not going to work. Oh. And at this point, everyone knew that this was the work of Al Capone's gang. Everyone knew it. In fact, the president, Herbert Hoover, finally, that's when he says, Jesus fucking Christ. We got to get this Just fucker. Arrest the fucker. Yeah. Um, here comes George E.Q. Johnson. He is related to Captain E.O. <laughs> Michael Jackson. I, I Captain E.O. and George E.O. Johnson. EQ, EQ. EQ like, are related. What the fuck is this? Okay. So George E.Q. also wears a cape and travels in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dancing in space like mm-hmm. Michael Jackson did. Captain E.O. Um, Capone was not in town during the Valentine's Day massacre. He was at his Miami, Florida mansion. Of but they all knew was. it was his fucking gang. So George E.Q. Johnson, the DA in Chicago, he gets tasked with prosecuting Capone. And Johnson has to pick a task force of really honorable, honest men who cannot be bribed. They are incorruptible. In fact, they're untouchable. They're untouchable. Elliot Ness was the leader, Captain Buzzkill, mm-hmm. and he hired a bunch of men under him. And their one one of their jobs was to hit the Capone gang at sources of income. And so it's taking all of this bootlegged booze and and taking it and spilling it out, ruining it, and then trying to get any goddamn evidence against him so they could use it in court to get him put in jail. And those are their two jobs al capone of course was still bribing lawmen he was bribing judges he was slipping out of the law's hands constantly because he had so many people working for him especially in the justice system 
At one point, he was indicted with, and 67 of his henchmen were indicted, and just nothing came of it. His The crime was actually uh, breaking the Prohibition Act law 5,000 times, and he still didn't get out of jail. I'm sorry, sir, 5,000. Because they just didn't have any proof Al Capone was involved because he never put his name on any records. There was no written records of him related to any of his businesses. He did not have his name on anything. He did not have bank accounts in his name. There were no records at all. Unfortunately, he also had no medical records of him going he to be treated did not for have his medical records at all either. Or probably dental records. was a problem. Um, Ellie at Ness, he couldn't even shut down all of the operations and he couldn't prove he was part of all these observations. It was just like, you know, you kill a cockroach and there's 5,000 behind him. You know, it's just, it's really true. Yes. George, Captain E.O. Johnson was realizing that Elliot Ness was not going to get this evidence that he wanted. So he had to think outside the box. And that's why probably he was hired. He must have thought outside the box. Because this dick, George, Captain E.O. Johnson, was building tax cases against gangsters. He's realizing these guys are making tons of money and they're not filing their taxes. And they can go to jail for that and we can prove it. He decides, can I make a case for Capone? It's going to be hard, but he thought he could do it. Because his name is nowhere. Yes. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Frank Wilson of the IRS, who must have been the biggest IRS dick in the world because he was the best at it, was brought in from New York to investigate the outfit and get Al Capone for tax evasion. He had an incredibly difficult job again because Al Capone did not write his name on anything, and he had no paperwork, and he had no bank accounts. But Frank was um, very determined. Mm-hmm. This was his whole life, I think. He just worked nonstop all the time. He was like, they said he was like a forensic detective. Yes. Like, the, you know, before... They even existed, right. like all those forensic, whatever, computer nerds. Just look people. at every line it was of every him ledger without computers. And out, yes. Yeah, he was just nutballs. Wilson and all of his crew, his task force, moved to ch- Chicago and they opened up an office. They are trying to figure out okay, where is Capone operating? How is he spending his money? And is there any connection between these? Uh, Speakeasies making money is the money going to Capone and Capone is only saying he makes $5,000 a year when he has hundreds of millions of dollars. They want to look at his spending. How much are his French silk pajamas and so on? So they got to find this paper trail. Frank Wilson had balls of steel, apparently, because he starts wandering and walking around Cicero going, anybody want to tell me about their relationship with Al Capone? (laughs) Anybody want to talk about Al Capone? It was weird. Everyone just raised their hand and stepped right up and said, I'd love to get murdered tomorrow. So let's talk. I want to be seen with you out on the street talking about Al Capone. So clearly no one said a word and they all ran inside and told him to fuck off he finally gets a lead because this dumbass jake lingle who's a newspaper reporter and he was like a um spy working for both sides so double agent he was bribing police officers but also bribing and getting paid off by gangsters 
and working both ends. He gets contacted by Wilson and he tells Wilson, sure, I'll talk to you. I'll meet you. But the day before Jake Lingle was going to what at the horse track or something. And he's walking into the subway and he gets shot right in the dick and he dies <laughs> on the floor of the subway. <laughs> 24 hours before he's supposed to meet Wilson. Mm-hmm. Al Capone is again, just spending the shit out of his money mm-hmm. he goes all the time to his palm island florida mansion he buys a thousand suits at one time yes he's gambling away eight to ten million dollars just on a whim he has all he these huge care. banquets for friends he sleeps in his 50 dollar pajamas which is like 900 pajama dollars today he he's like buying a shit also ton of suits. started yeah. soup kitchens he did yeah feeding people so he was spending on a people poor. but that's a lot of money for someone who says they're making five thousand dollars a yeah. year Wilson starts looking at all of his assets, so all of these mansions, this clothing, and comparing it to any time he actually did file his taxes, which he saw like the one at least file where he said he was making $5,000, and he knew, Mm -hmm. okay, that doesn't match up, but none of this money is, I can't see the source of this money. I know he's spending it. Where is he getting it? And I need to find a connection. But while Wilson's doing all that, Elliot Ness is still just cracking balls and taking down businesses. In fact, Ness gets a 10-ton truck. He puts a metal battering ram on the front of it. So it looks like a huge-ass snowplow. And he just smashes yes. the shit out of Al Capone's warehouses. He just like is, fuck you, and just smashes yep. into them. And all the men with their barrels of whiskey are like, oh, my God, <laughs> and run away. And... Capone had a bunch of people that now are getting arrested, his associates, by Ness and his battering ram shit. Mm -hmm. So Capone is losing all these barrels of whiskey. He's losing his businesses. They're getting taken. The money's getting taken. And he's giving all this money to pay for his associates, their defense, so that they don't rat on him. And he realizes he's starting to lose some money. But he has so much money, it's not really hurting him. But he's not raking it in like he used to this is making a dent on his operation here wilson still wants to take him down and one night he's working super late in the office the police office he was given and he stumbles across some files he hasn't seen that were just put in this random drawer and he takes out this ledger that's marked year 25 1925 to 1926 he starts looking at it and it is the hawthorne smoke shops gambling house ledger which he had not seen but it was taken in that raid three years ago and just kept in this drawer the ledger does not have any names on it but frank wilson looks at it and he sees the name al in the margin and of course, he's like, it could be alcoholic, you know, it's not meant to be Al Capone, <laughs> but he knows it's Al Capone. So he thought, okay, it wasn't I'm Al Roker. It wasn't Al Roker. Mm. No, it wasn't Alf. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been Alf. Um, it wasn't Al Bundy. No. Huh. Uh, Capone's realizing Frank is getting closer and closer, and he thought, I got to take this guy out. So he hires five of the nastiest men from his gang in New York, pays them 25 grand to take out Frank. Frank somehow gets a word that 
these guys are coming for him and he moves his whole family from Cicero to a downtown Chicago hotel where they can all be watched mm-hmm. a little bit more, which is pretty smart. Al then is like, fuck. And he makes the five guys go back to New York and he probably takes back his money and says, fuck off. Um, the ledger that Wilson finds was written by two of Al Capone's trusted bookkeepers. These two dicks named Leslie Shumway. Oh, good old Shumway. <laughs> Dumb name, Leslie. And Frank Reese. So these two dicks are the ones that are writing in the ledger. And Wilson starts getting to know their handwriting really, really well. Because mm-hmm. he's becoming obsessed with this ledger. Reese's handwriting that he recognized ends up being on $300,000 worth of deposit slips that had been laundered through the mob bank of Cicero called Pinkert State Bank. Now he has a collection or a connection between the Al Capone's cigar house or smoke shop in this ledger into this bank. And now he just needs to connect it to Al. Mm -hmm. He's really close. God, so close. Yes. He goes to the racetrack to pick up Shumway to kind of muscle <laughs> him into to ratting on El Capone. Mm-hmm. Um, Shum- but he sees El Capone at the racetrack and Wilson just sat there watching him and just watching his movements. And this is the guy I've been chasing for three years and he's right there and I can't take him. I can't do anything yet. So he's kind of just having like a nervous breakdown at this racetrack watching this dick he's been trying to get just having all this fun, all this syphilis fun. God, yeah. Um, Shumway, though, is taken into custody, and they convince him to testify, pretty much saying, either you're going to testify without Al Capone knowing I've got you right now, or I'm going to let you go and get a bunch of police in front of Al Capone and take you in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he was like, oh, my God, no, I'll I'll do whatever. So they hide Shumway in California somewhere and say, wait for the trial, just stay here and hide so he does now they got to get the other one um so wilson tries to document everything that al capo is spending so he goes and talks to his tailor finds out how much he's spending on his suits <laughs> yeah he interviews his butcher and even finds out how much he's spending <laughs> so on fucking meat. i died he goes to the de- department store saying how much you know as his underwear mm-hmm. his house decorator he's talking to all this and just getting list and list of all the stuff that he has witnesses saying he's buying he finds fred reese in st louis because fred went and hid in st louis and even changed his name and fred refused to talk and wilson was like all right whatever we're just going to put you in a holding cell they found out fred was super afraid of bed bugs and cockroaches like had an irrational what? fear and so they put him in a jail that was full of fucking bed bugs and cockroaches. And I guess oh. he lasted like a day. And he was like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do whatever you want. Get me out of here. So now they have Reese, the two ledger writers, they have in protective custody. They're going to testify against Capone. Um, Capone's getting really upset. He knows these his two bookmakers are missing somewhere and that the police probably have them. He starts retaliating by bombing some judges' houses and making this just big stink, <laughs> bombing the shit out of police people. Wilson takes Reese to Brazil to be guarded because he's in such trouble. And Shumway is just stuck in the California desert doing God knows what until October 6, 1931. 
Capone's brought in for trial, but he tries to be smart and he actually finds out somehow who all of the jurors are going to be on his trial. And he has his henchmen go and bribe every single one of them. So now he knows, okay, the whole jury's bribed. They're going to let me off. I got nothing to worry about. Somehow Wilson finds out, Frank Wilson, and he goes to the judge and he tattles on the judge and says, Al Capone bribed the whole jury. What the fuck do we do? The judge says, just bring your case to trial and leave the rest to me. And mm-hmm. then he farts. <laughs> yes. He seals the deal with ripping farts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly (laughs) and frank says good day after that the trial starts and the judge and his big ass balls comes out and he's like oh before we start these dicks and this jury you're gonna go to neighboring phil mccracken's jury yeah trial. i'm gonna take hit that hit that jury from that courtroom are gonna come in here and capone loses it he knows he's fucked yeah they outsmarted him on that one reese and shemway testify like they say and at the end before the sentencing or the jury comes back the judge says no man is above the law this man has been living above the law and he's not paying his goddamn taxes Taxes. after a 12 day trial johnny depp's trial was longer than oh my god way longer jesus he's convicted of tax evasion he gets 11 years. That's way longer than tax evasion, but they're just giving him 11 years because he's mm-hmm. fucking Al Capone and he, they know he's killed a million people. Mm-hmm. And he gets a $50,000 fine, <laughs> too. Um, and so after that, the one thing that did happen, not much changed a whole lot, but gangsters sure started paying their taxes. They, they did. Said. Yeah. They started paying up every year. Al Capone is 32 when he goes to prison. He looking ends up yeah, looking a hundred. He ends up in an um, Atlanta federal prison first, but then when Alcatraz opens in 1934, he moves to Alcatraz and he's in cell 181. If you ever visit and want to see his cell, um, he gets out early, eight years for good behavior. But we'll find out what that means in a second. Um, so while he's in jail, my microphone is all wet from my farting. Oh. Okay, sorry continue this is the syphilis part yeah while he's in jail he's acting the fool and they start testing him and they realize he has syphilis tertiary syphilis it is spread all over that's what you don't want no because it it lies latent doesn't it like if you don't treat it in the first Mm -hmm. go around yes And and it spreads to your brain it spreads to your heart and it spreads to your liver it's bad so it's affecting his brain and by the time he's released at 40 years old, his mind is completely gone. He is literally certifiably insane. And you see, they show a photo of this time and he has sores all over your face. Yeah. And actually syphilis can act like a leprosy and just your face like peels oh, away. No. Uh, January 25th, 1947, Capone, Capone dies at age 48 by a stroke brought, brought on by his syphilitis. Syphilito. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Capone's famous saying is you can get a lot farther with a gun and a smile than just a smile. Well, yeah, but you're a dick, sir. Yeah. That makes you a dick. And also you're ugly. Yeah. 
Um, the honest people of Chicago didn't believe that phrase. They won against him. They so here's did. his syphilis story. And syphilis won against him, too. Um, so he was too ashamed to go in for syphilis, but penicillin that easily cures mm-hmm. syphilis was not used for syphilis then. So he might not have even been helped right away anyway. Mm. So many people are still dying of syphilis after World War II. Um, so penicillin being used to cure syphilis started happening after World War II. Then you could okay. just go in and get penicillin and it would be fine. But before then, you get, and this is from an article from a guy named Dr. Howard Markle. He was pretty much, he was a really good writer, actually. Oh. It was from 2017, so I don't know if anything was added. But it's called The Infectious Disease That Sprung Al Capone from Alcatraz. So the first signs he got was obviously a sore on his wing. <laughs> and then after that, this is where I feel you have syphilis. Okay. It's an all over body rash and an oh, itching. Oh, God. Um, then it goes, if you don't get help in these two stages, you're kind of fucked because it goes dormant for years, sometimes decades. And you think you're fine, but it's just eating you up from the inside. It hits your liver, your heart, your brain. And at stage three, which like they said, could be a decade or more later, you're in way too late for help. So neurosyphilis, which is what I have, I wrote (laughs) and Al made him certifiably insane because he had like sores on his brain. He could not follow the guard's directions in Alcatraz and would be constantly punished for being insubordinate, but he didn't understand what they were saying or what they meant because he was crazy. Um, The formal diagnosis comes in 1938 and that's when his wife stepped in and just said, Jesus, just he's crazy and his brain's rotting from syphilis. Can you just let him out and I'll take care of him? Was was she sick I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I looked it up, but she's made. So in 1939, she got him out and she took him down to Florida and that's where he stayed until he died. A dick. So, what did, does it, did you find if May it had says, syphilis? I don't know what it says. She probably contracted syphilis from Al. What does that mean? So, she did have it? I guess nobody even cared enough to ask her. God. I don't know. Um, so, that is our story for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. That's our last... Last Halloween Notorious Dick. Notorious Dick. We'll back with Notorious Dick Husbands yes. next time. We got some good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, have a wonderful week and we will... Oh my God, listen to this. Oh, sorry. I just looked it up. Um, So May gave birth to Albert Francis. They called him Sonny Capone. Um, And they think that she, their son... Their son, Sonny, was born with syphilis, they think. He um, lost part of his hearing. Oh, no. Yes. And they never had any more kids. She had tons of stillbirths and miscarriages that they think were caused by syphilis. Oh, no. Yeah. God. Sad. That is sad. She didn't do anything. It wasn't her fault. Oh, awful. Well, what a wonderful okay, note to sorry. end Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Mm, bye. Bye. <laughs>